This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old time hockey. Like it is sure. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. He's the killer. Best Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. This is win, you know, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace them up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Tory Krug. All the way to Bergeron. Scores! Patrice Bergeron with the silver stick and the golden Easy one for you, Matt, to start 2019 Sunday skate. If that guy, if Brad Marchand is right and that guy is God, why aren't you going all in at the trade deadline in two weeks if you're the Boston Bruins? <laughs> it depends what you mean what all in is, right? Well, what yeah. is all in? All in would have started with getting Jake Muzzin to begin with. Yeah, that's true. They already passed on the Muzzin. Um, we got a lot to uh, discuss here on the first edition of Sunday skate 2019. It's the... Uh, two-month mark from the NHL playoffs beginning, so we start to ramp it up. April 10th is when it will all get underway. We think the Bruins will be there. At least they're trending that way right now. The NHL trade deadline, two weeks from tomorrow. And here we are, Matt, 68 points uh, in the standings. The Bruins right now through 55 games. They're on pace for basically their their total last year. Right. Uh, so, they're uh, talent-wise or you know trending position-wise, I guess you could say they're the same as they were a year ago, although that, last year that got them home ice and you know, second yeah. seed in the, in well, the yeah, division. Well, yeah, it felt a lot better last year because everyone was clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they obviously had the, the down parts of the season, but you had all these rookies that came in and you didn't have any expectations for them. And they exceeded what you thought they might do. And Riley Nash had a career year and everyone was playing great. And But uh, this is now it feels different, right? Because, like you said, you're, you're not in home ice position. You have a Toronto team that's much improved. You've got a Montreal team that's surprising, and so the standings are harder, and uh, you've got guys that are having more down years than than up years. Yeah, I mean, on the good side of that, you've played both of those teams pretty well this year, Toronto yep. and Montreal. On the right. downside, you're done with them, <laughs> so you're not going to be able to make up much ground. Uh, Tavares, the big ticket item in the offseason, scored his 33rd last night to win, uh, beat Montreal at the Bell Center on Hockey Night in Canada, so the Leafs aren't going anywhere. Although, I think, you know, you've got into a playoff matchup, you'd feel okay with them. But the, but the big yep. specter of everything still remains Tampa, who beat you right. in five games last year. Exactly. They are at 84 points this morning, 40-11-4. Not like they're actually playing uh, their best hockey right now. They're 5-5 five and five in their last right. 10, but there they yeah. are again. And you, and you know what? They still have the same the same issues. You know, they're still trying to solidify their defense. And, you know, they, they don't uh, they play a lot of firework in hockey. Their, uh, their goalie saves their rear end a lot, and uh, so you wouldn't feel good about going into a playoff series against them, but you might, if you make a couple moves here, you might uh, feel like you've closed the gap, and we know a playoff series is, is a totally different animal, and, you know, remember, they lost in five, remember after game one how we felt that they were able, the Bruins are going to be able to take them out, and so, um, of course, you haven't still addressed those issues that we talked about after you lost that series. They still haven't done that. Yeah, so. not really, and yeah. actually, the, the most vivid memory of Bruins' lightning from last year for yep. me is... God was outplayed by Braden Point exactly. somehow in the last four games of those series. Well, yeah, now Braden Point's like uh, one of the 
biggest stars going. I mean, he's he's right after Kucherov and Stamkos when you talk about the Lightning, and maybe some people put him ahead because he's becoming the next Bergeron down there. So that's maybe was a passing of the baton from uh, for that. But you know, it's, it's just. Uh, in, in fact, you could take a, you could make the argument they've taken a step back since the end of that playoff series because last year we were just talking about that they needed a a, be, a better second line and you know Rick Nash was a, a shadow of himself and they weren't able to have two lines. Now you don't have the top three lines because whether you kept Riley Nash or not, he wasn't probably going to have the season he had last year, and so you've got two holes in the top nine instead of one like you had last year. Yeah, unless I, I mean I guess unless you believe Heinen, right. After getting benched a couple games and, and looking much better the last two games, has rectified that, and maybe you believe here this morning you got two lines and you just need a third line center. Uh, okay, uh, you could, you could you, kind you, of say you, that, but I, I'm not that? going up against Tampa with that. No, I'm not going up, and I'm not. I'm not trusting Heinen to be the the filling on the right wing. I'm not tr- trusting Solarik to be the the filling on the left wing. I mean, he's looked really good, and he's obviously made strides since his last uh, couple of stints here. Um, he made that one really nice move to the middle, but of course he missed the net last night, and I thought that was a, a sign that he's. Not that he's a little fearless now. He's he's taking the puck hard, but you expect him to consistently do that, especially once the playoff intensity comes. I mean, we, again, we've seen so many younger players wilt under the pressure of rookie of, of the playoffs. And uh, last year, you survived it a little bit. You got the round you wanted. You got to the second round, but um, I don't trust another group of young players to, to do that in the playoffs. Next well, year, I think everybody year. would admit they need help, right? Yeah, including, absolutely, including the coach on Friday. Right. This is unbelievable, actually. <laughs> I mean, you were there for that. Well, it's unbelievable He's, if you're used to a, a coach like the football team here who just grumbles at you and doesn't say anything. It's not that unbelievable when you think about Bruce Cassidy and his personality. Uh, but you, have you ever heard another coach, even in the <laughs> NHL lately, talk openly not, about another player yeah, from another team? Yeah, not in a team? long time. I mean, not, does he, did he get fined for this? Or I don't think so. I think because he just was talking about what he dreams about. I mean, he couldn't say anything. I think maybe the scary <laughs> part was when he said what position he would play if he, if they got him, you know? I, here, here's the quote. This is uh, what's after the skate Friday, right? After the practice Friday. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, I tried to stay in the moment, no different than any other day. Of course, when I go home tonight, I'm going to think, I wonder if we'll trade for Panarin tonight. You know, I'm human. <laughs> uh, and then he is asked about it, a follow-up later, and joked that he'd play right wing, not center. That's right. And then tried to backpedal and say, well, I'm, I'm talking, I know I can't talk about other players <laughs> on other teams. But uh, Artemi Panarin, we've talked about him last year uh, yep. as a possible deadline guy. He's been a um, you know, four-year player in the NHL that has... He was undrafted, right? He sort of came out of nowhere for the Hawks. Yep. Then was great, and has been great for consistently four years. Now, Columbus won last night, and they're in a playoff spot in the Met. Right. So there's debate as to whether he's even going to be available that's in the, the next That's the complication weeks. here. I mean, how can the Columbus Blue Jackets, who you know, were one crossbar away from beating the Capitals in the first round last year, they talk about that all the time, how are they going to suddenly become sellers, regardless of where they are in the right. standings right I don't now? Buy I mean, it. They have to be all in. No, they said, no, Panarin told him he's not negotiating. He's in the last year's deal. He's not negotiating right. his contract. Uh, won't sign an extension. They'll talk it after the year. So basically, Columbus is under the full realization he's gone, right? They're losing him at the end of the year. Pretty much. But, you know, you wonder, they talk about, I hate this term so much. I hate, it just sounds so awkward. It sounds such like sports writer to speak, but this own rental idea. Yeah. yeah. If you keep that started it, with Louis Erickson yeah, here exactly. in 2015, didn't it? So I think, man, maybe you can make credit, credit for it. Sure. Everything, everything starts in Boston. It started I mean, really. on Sunday skate. And, uh, of course. And um, so, you know, you look at it as this team, they have to make a little run. I mean, they have no playoff success, never won a playoff series. Um, they've got, you know, young, up-and-coming, prime-age defensemen. They've got Panarin. They've got Bobrovsky. They've got these guys clicking. They've got the coach. They could just go in and be, and be buyers and say, you know, we're going to lose Panarin and Bobrovsky after the season, but we'll use their cap space to get other players and 
that's the way you do it if you can't get uh, what you want in the trade market. And you have to think that they're they're really looking for something that can help them now. Now, whether that, that would be something the Bruins provide them or something they take what they get from the Bruins and turn around and, and trade it somewhere else, that's always a possibility. But this time of year, it's so complicated to make trades like that. I can't imagine that's going to happen. Yeah, so I mean, so, you're right. So are they expecting, if they were trade pair, right. they're expecting to brusque back? Or, well, that's or just Donato it. You have to think that they're looking for something. Well, I don't even think Donato would necessarily fit the bill as something that would help them now. It would be more something along the lines of, like you're saying, Jake DeBrusque, and obviously the Bruins, that would take one step forward or one step back at this point because it wouldn't just be DeBrusque. It would have to be a package. And yeah. I, I think that's it's kind of – I don't know if that price is ever dropping. Some of these other rentals, the price is going to drop. I'm not sure if that one's going to drop. Well, simple question as we start Sunday Skate, presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. Ken Laird and Matt Kalman here for an hour every Sunday morning, 8 to 9. Would you trade a uh, first-round pick? A prospect, maybe a player on your rock for a for a big ticket yeah. rental this year, similar to Rick Nash. Although I mean, Panarin is at this point a much better player than Nash was last year. Sure, and then and like I said too, the Rangers were in sell mode, right? They were just selling off parts, and um, I probably would not at this point. I think that the, the one rental forward is not pushing you over the edge. Rick Nash. I mean, last year was just it's weird because the Bruins in some ways have taken st- steps forward. But in some ways, last year was a better environment to make this deal. Because but you just said anything can happen they, in a series, and right, you know. they, they were they were rocking out pretty hot, and we thought they had done it. I mean, winning that first game against Tampa, it looked like we they, they were legit, right? And, like upset Tampa. You know, Rick Nash was dinged. I mean, everyone talks about the Rick Nash failure. Well, no one could have predicted that he was going to get hit. He scored two goals in and that he, game one, by exactly. the way. Exactly. So, you know, it was well, never heard from again. Well, we saw Mark Savard score the overtime winner in 2010, and That's we know true. that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't see straight at that point. So <laughs> we know guys have these the capability to get the pl- adrenaline going in the playoffs and overcome these crazy concussion symptoms that they shouldn't play through, and they all. Admit and look look what happens to them when they do it. I mean, this should be a lesson to all of them, right? But well, was that um, a failed trade? I mean, do you look back or do the Bruins look back and regret trading for Rick Nash? No, I don't think they do, and I think only you so know, why not do it by again? tweeters? Well, this year it's different, I think, because everyone, as we've we've already touched on, the environment is tougher to get out of this division. I mean, you might actually be looking at a wild card where you'll have to play the Islanders or the Capitals in the first round, and I know everyone's, you know. You can sit there and say, oh, the Islanders, they're just fake. But they're they a legit team that plays really tough defense with the Stanley Cup winning coach. And in a playoff series, you know, we saw the Capitals that one year after the Bruins won the Cup where, where they just, you know, grinded it out. Come on, you're not going to convince Bruins fans that you fear the Islanders in well, a first-round series. Well, that's just it. Series. You can't convince them. But, I mean, you should. And you don't want to, especially if you don't have home ice advantage in that series. A lot of things can go wrong in that series. I mean, the goalies have been playing out of their mind for the Islanders. Do you want to try to beat those goalies? I mean, it, it's pretty difficult, especially with this offense that you don't, you don't know if you're getting, you don't, you're not you're not getting more than two goals a night from this team. So, uh, and, and and again, they've they've created two holes where there was one when they got Rick Nash. That was the piece, right? The other lines were set. They needed the one piece. This team needs at least two pieces. So your your uh, explanation, your theory is why they shouldn't trade. Right. They're not as good this year. They don't have Riley Nash. Right. <laughs> this is this is your cause for concern. It is my closer concern because they don't have they don't have because they have like two Riley fourth Nash they have the two fourth piece. lines I mean, half I, a second line and a first line like I understand what you're saying but th- intellectually to grasp that to put, put that to a hockey fan we're not going for it because we're not well, I'm not saying you're not Riley trading for Nash. anyone I'm saying you're not going all in with a first round pick and a top prospect to get a Panarin or Stone a Duchesne et cetera et cetera I mean the list out there is of guys who are cheaper yep. per se for price but will still help you if you pay less half half what you would pay for Panarin to get a Matt Zuccarello at this point an older guy that you can fit in on that line I would do that if the Flyers finally say you know what we're cutting bait on Simmons and you can get away with 
out trading your first round pick for him, I, I would maybe take that chance. Although I'm not exactly sold on this notion that just because he's a hard nosed player that he's the fit here. I mean, I've seen plenty of guys come here and and not fit with David Krejci with over Wayne the years. Simmons. Yeah, well, that's the obvious connection, right? That Krejci had success with yeah. I mean, in the past, I think I think he had Gordon. he had success with those guys in a different game. He needs speed now. We've seen him thrive with some speedsters. We've seen him play pretty well with Pasternak these last game and a half. I mean, he needs speed. So would you Chris trade for the center instead? Instead of a wing? I'd probably do the wing first because I don't like the, the center market all that much for third-line centers. I mean, there's not much out there that's worth your, your price at this point. So you're dipping a toe into the water. The, the yeah, Matt, the well, Matt dipping Calvin a toe. Approach, you could, you could probably get in. both. I mean, I'm not saying you have to get one. You could probably get both for you're the price for that the... you're going to get a Panarin. But I'm just fine-tuning it because you know what, too? I mean, yeah, you're getting two goals a game, but are you that? You're, you, they haven't lost a game by more than a goal. They've, ha- they've lost all one-goal games since Christmas. So are you really that far off that you need to go all in for a Panarin well, when you can fine-tune this team? Look at Tampa. I mean, and not mortgage You the lost in five last year to Tampa, as much as I want to spin it that uh, there were some bad calls in that series or, yeah. or whatever. Uh, they, need, they need more than a tweak to compete with the Lightning. I don't, I don't fear the Islanders. But yeah, I don't look at it that way because I just, like, we've seen them play the, the Lightning pretty well, too. I mean, it's just not... This year, only one game. Well, here was, here's the asking price, according to... This, well, this is TSN Thursday yeah. night. This is Pierre Lebrun confirming that the Bruins are asking about Tanarin and other guys. A lot of the contending teams frustrated by the high prices right now that are attached to some of the bigger rental names. In particular, my sense is that Nashville and Boston checked in on our Termi Panarin in Columbus and had a bit of sticker shock when they found out <laughs> how much it would take to prime out of there this early in the process. And- like last year, when we were talking about Bruins um, chips, what they had to deal, it yep. seemed like they were in a much better state to deal from. Here we are a year later and you've seen like little glimpses of all these guys, Lazan and Zaboro and Trent Frederick and Vakanainen had, you know, the two-game cameo. But yep. are, are any of these guys top prospects, actually? Absolutely. I mean, they're, the, they're the ones that you're not going to trade. They are? I mean, they're not top 50 prospects in the league right now. Nobody. Vakanainen is, for He sure. is? Absolutely. He's kind of borderline, right? I mean, no, I, he's a, I've he's, seen some lists and he's pretty far. He's not like he's a top 10 Sure fire. This yeah, is well, be you know next- what? I mean, I'm going to say that uh, these lists that you look at, too, and these experts that we all pray at, uh, is uh, they told me, uh, when I was at the draft in Dallas in June, they told me uh, Kiemi, easy for me to say, from Montreal, wasn't ready to play in the NHL, and uh, they laughed at Mark Bergeron for making that pick, and now, if it wasn't for Elias Pettersson, he would probably be the rookie of the year, because he's playing... Major minutes on a third line check true. role for Claude Julian, the guy who doesn't like young players. Right, remember that. So, um, I, I don't put a lot of weight. I mean, the fact is, as far as the uh, related to the Bruins, fucking nine is a huge prospect. He's the guy that you're so gonna he's their build top this def- trade Listen, chip. This is your defense core in the post Chara era: McAvoy, Carlo, Vakanainen. Those are your three defensemen you're building around. Matt Grizzly could be on the team, yes. He could he's be not, on the team? He's not the team you're building. not a guy you're building around. Ouch. I'm talking about three legit two-way, 25-minute-a-night defensemen. Who are your big Those three the, again? Give them to me again. McAvoy, McAvoy Carlo, yep. and Vakanainen. Carlo? Yeah. He's still there? Brandon Carlo is your best defenseman this season. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, he had a tough. He and Krug had a, some tough moments last night. This is part of their evolution. It's not Krug's evolution. This is yeah. just who he is at this point. Right. Well, but, he does, it was it was mostly uh, Krug and Miller were playing together. No, Carl, no, no. I mean, just it's separately oh, on the okay. ice at separate, ha- separate yeah. moments. I but, mean, these tough moments things, it drives you crazy because defensemen, there's like, what, 100 plays a game that defensemen have to make? And so 
if you're looking to look at the two or three that maybe you know wind up in scoring chances, but you got to look at the the game as a whole. And I hear you. Brandon Carlo is mostly solid. I mean, yeah, obviously. Well, there's the, another reason. He if if he's one of your core guys, yeah. he didn't play at all last year in the postseason. Exactly. Well, that's that's one benefit that they that's what they think, right? That's why they're coming back with basically the same seven defensemen. I mean, you, you went with uh, you brought John Moore in, but then you were sitting him for several games at a time before. Grizzly uh, got hurt, so they, that's another thing they think is going to make them better is to have Brandon Carlo. And um, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. I'm not sold on the fact that they should be done on defense. And that's another reason why you shouldn't be all in. Because if you were going to be all in, like I said, you should have gone and gotten Jake Muzzin because the Leafs got him without touching not only their NHL roster, but they didn't trade their top prospects either. Yeah, they had, so why they kept their why one or two didn't prospects. Sweetie go for Jake Muzzin? Because I think he thinks his defense is, is done. I think he thinks the seven guys he has, plus Lawson and Zaboro and guys set. they have in the minors, that they're set if they have injuries, and that's why he brought John Moore in. But I don't, uh, I'm not sold in this John Moore Matt Grizzly rotation on the, in that third pair. I think you still need a, a legit two way left D, and Tori Krug would be your third one after that. Interesting. All right, now. Uh, Get to the calls here in a second. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven to get in on Sunday skate. Should basically should you do you feel like Vakaninen and a first round pick is a reasonable trade for the Bruins to make for a big chip? Pan, uh, to me, I would if Panera if Panarin's if they would trade Panarin, which I don't think they will. Yeah, and you he, think they're going to and keep him? Is that what you mean? We're, we're, you're keeping well, Panarin with, with after the, that? Yeah, with well, a hope would be you keep like, him. He gets here and he's enamored with it. You make a deep run and he loves how he fits in with Krejci or whoever. Yeah, I mean, I mean if, that's always well, the hope. Then you're getting into the money issue. I mean, what are you paying him? I mean, I think he's, he's already turned down about seven or eight. Or right, right, you're talking ten million a year. You have to get. But Mac- are, do you doubt that Artemi Panarin, after four, what he's done for four years, is worth that kind of money in today's NHL? It's better than spending it on Bacchus or. Yeah, well, like you said, if if you're going to compare it to that, that's one thing. When you consider that you have to keep your defense core together and you have to pay McAvoy and Carlo and uh, DeBrusque after next year. And, yeah, of course, well, you have to always pay Matt Grizzly. I mean, (laughs) I had no idea, actually, you were down on Grizzly. I'm not down on him. Listen, listen, the guy has made great strides this year. He's a lot better player than I ever thought he was going to be. He has some great stretches. But this idea that he's this defenseman that you can't touch is kind of ridiculous. This idea that he replaces Tory Krug is completely insane. People people come back from watching football all year, and they they jump in in January and February here and decide that Matt Grizzly can replace Tory Krug, or that even Charlie McAvoy can replace Tory Krug on your first power play. It's like really look at what's happening here. Don't just look at the fact that Matt Grizzly is a left shot who's a smaller guy who has wears a number in the forties. That's pretty much where the similarities end. Okay, so. I mean, Krug is just—he's just, just going to be a frustrating guy through his entire career. Right. He's, I mean, either you're going to appreciate him for what he does, exactly. Power plays a huge part of that, or Absolutely. you're going to just be pulling your hair right. out. Right. Any, anything you can do, like last anything night, you yesterday. can do to reduce the number of hard defensive minutes he plays is, you know, is going to be huge. And that's why if you bolster that left side, you can do that. I mean, he he holds his own, and uh, like I said, the offensive aspects of him in many ways cancel out. So if you if you feel like their D still needs help, yeah. then going back to the McQuaid trade, you still blame Sweeney for that a little bit going into the year. <laughs> for McQuaid? Yeah. No, nah, I mean the McQuaid oh, thing that, had to be done. He wasn't going right. to play here. He, that, but that was done to free up time for the young guys, right? Well, it was done because they had 8D and they needed – definitely two of them were going to sit out and you can't just have – you can't have two guys sitting out and you had to do something there. I mean they got Camfer, who we forget about. He's actually the 8th D, and I did leave him out before, and – He's the type of guy that at this point in his career he can sit out. I mean, for Adam McQuaid, they didn't really want to. I mean, it was also kind of a 
thank you for your service type of thing and yeah. go somewhere you're going to play. But, you know, you can't have eight legit NHLD and have them be in the NHL. And with waiver rules and everything, you can't have them I hear around. you, but if you're Don Sweeney, you feel like this has played out the way you expected it to. Your young guys, Grizzlick is playing, yeah. and you freed up ice time for him. And so, you know, why do you regret now? If he talked to Matt Kalman, you would Don Sweeney would say, "Why? what are you talking about? We need left D help. This is exactly what we had planned. Right, that's what he had planned. I still don't think you won a Stanley Cup that way. Yeah, well, he thinks it. And he, I mean, has he won this? He's won a Stanley Well, I guess he was the assistant. He was assistant, yeah. He was the assistant GM, so he got a ring on that. But, you know, as the GM, on the duck boat. we have the same amount of cup rings. All right, we're going to the phone lines early here on Sunday's gig because we only get an hour. So I'm getting a couple in before the break. Uh, all right, with you? Taking Absolutely. your, uh, you know... I mean, I'm, if you I'm buckling want to, my seatbelt, you, know, you had tweeted out before the show. You've been uh, dealing with Twitter hate all week. Oh, hate, you know, or? you're always get it. I don't get as much as most people. I think they don't. I'm not going to. What's been the major themes? Been trade deadline uh, stuff? Or has it been trade off everyone because the team stinks. Free up cap space for I don't know what. And uh, what's the other Rask one? Rask sucks, or is that? Oh, gone? get rid of Bacchus. Oh yeah, well Bacchus. <laughs> Who for the most part they've been handling pretty well, I think. See, this is the kind of uh, welcome into the society you get on day he one. He got up at su- on Sunday morning and did that. And he just started following me on Twitter, too. That's awesome. Good. I, ha- I feel like I have some kind of power over him, some kind of hypnotic power. Maria in Watertown next up here on Sunday Skate. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, guys. How are you this Good morning. morning? All right. Um, listen, I'm listening to you guys talk about potential trades, and, and here's my frustration. Um you know, at the end of last season, when the Bruins lost, literally they got the pulp beat out of them by Tampa Bay, they knew what their needs were, and they didn't go out and address it. At, you know, at this point, you've made a commitment to David Krejci. He's not going anywhere. And I'm frankly getting a little frustrated with the whole, let's bounce past to that line, let's bounce him back to the first line. You need to go out and get a guy that's either going to solidify the first line so Pasta can play with Krejci or vice versa. And that is on, as far as I'm concerned, on Donnie Sweeney. I frankly don't really want anything to do with Panarin because I think he wants the John Tavares treatment at the end of the season. He's going to be a mercenary, and he wants to go to the highest bidder. Um, And I don't think this franchise can afford to do that with what they have upcoming that they need to sign. But I also want to see Patrice Bergeron given the opportunity to hoist another Stanley Cup in his career. So, frankly, I'm really frustrated with Donnie Sweeney because I think he's made some big guffaws to now that need to be remedied, or you're going to have the same result as you did last season. You're miscalculating what these young players are bringing to the table, and it's time to remedy. That's just my humble opinion. I'll listen to you guys. Thanks for the time. Thanks, right, thanks. as always. Maybe she's right. You know, I mean. So, so the hot seat for Sweeney is starting to ramp up a little bit. I mean, I, that's kind of a, just a general sense. In, in the, sure. In, in, the, in the minds of the fans, absolutely. I mean, right now, the fan base is Not is for anything he's done recently, but just kind of the general mismanagement of – Dollars over well, the last yeah, I mean, years. The, well, just a matter. Never, not even the dollars. Just the, the young players. I mean, to think that you're going to come in here and you had, you really had this gut feeling that one of Stadnicka, Frederick, and JFK was going to be able to just step right in and, and give you the 20 goal season that Riley Nash gave you last year. Or was it Donato and uh, 
um, Bjork that he was more hanging his hat on. I don't know. Yeah, there are there are a handful yeah, of that, young the, guys. Well, he, all of them. I mean, I'm just looking at the third lines of the Yeah, obviously center, Donato yeah. and Bjork. You thought they were going to be top six, and and even Heinen. I mean, look at the stats. You th- you think maybe he could t- he could graduate from the third line and be in that top six role, and he had a terrible first half of the season, and now you know maybe we're seeing him start to get it, and uh. You know, the stud, you know, if you look at that third-line center thing, I mean, they were way off. I mean, Studnicka was not ready from, you know. Well, there's another guy that's touted that as a top prospect. Absolutely. Is he, is he legitimately a top prospect? Yeah, you know, he's legitimately a top prospect. Whether he's going to be an NHL impact to the next two years, I think he's. you're looking at 2021 for him. That's what I mean. For him and Vac and I did both. Like, you're gonna, if you dealt those guys, yeah. do you really see next year you're kicking yourself that these are becoming stars somewhere in the NHL? I, they're, well, they're, not they're next a couple year, years but obviously, away. You know, you, listen, this, this is what it comes down to. This is how I figured it out. You know, everyone always talks about, because people have this NBA or baseball mentality. They say, oh, you can't, like, rebuild for the, you can't be looking at the future and the present at the same time. But if you look at the NHL, except for maybe Tampa Bay, Nashville, maybe one or two other teams that I'm not thinking of right now, everyone's doing that. That's what everyone's doing. That's why you don't have those NBA-type trades where you're trading six pieces for a star or Panarin or whatever. Right. Because in the NHL, every general manager is trying to do that. No one wants to have egg on their face for making this huge trade for a superstar, and no one wants to mortgage their future except for these two teams that really are that close. Pittsburgh's been pretty chaotic and with Pittsburgh, their exactly. But also Pittsburgh, obviously, you know when you, when, you had, look, when you look back at the draft picks too. And now obviously you, you had the uh, they have the advantage of the Crosby Malkin thing that you can you can build around that until yeah. they die, right? But also they just drafted better for like that four or five that three or four year period where the Bruins weren't drafting well, and other teams maybe also had the same problem. So they can keep replenishing with the Gensels and the and the Russ yeah, and guys like that. Guys. Yeah, right. Whereas the Bruins are first starting to get that type of thing, and just the, the learning curve is is difficult. But, right. You know, they, they're, oh, good. They're, they're 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 still there because you know what the Bruins have that some of these other teams don't. The Bergeron, Char, Krejci, Rask, Marchand, Core, and to and to. Uh, Maria's point. Right. I mean, how much longer is Bergeron playing like this? He is. Yeah. Um, he's awesome. Everybody acknowledges it. Despite last year, uh, you know that the Tampa. Right. Series. But at least they're not New Jersey or some other team that made the playoffs. You said they're all. Oh, this team's legit again, and then took a major step back the next year. Totally. I mean, I think they're. You could make a case they're in better shape, despite some guys with sophomore slumps that you expected more out of. Uh, right. It, there, there are some definite positives. Uh, to where they are right now. Where, where are the Bruins, in your opinion? 617-779-7937. And should they go, all in is the right phrase, but a, a significant piece at the trade deadline in two weeks. Sunday Skate presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. We'll talk about a couple of the blown leads of late for the Bees. Uh, Bruce Cassidy addressed those yesterday. Uh, uh, they did win the game, but another uh, cough up in the third. Uh, so what does that speak to with this team going forward? Calvin is here. It's Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. They told me Kaktakinami, uh, easy for me to say. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. So we just wrote that story two nights ago in New York. We only had them for the, the two chances. Now, the breakaway, the original one, you could say three because the guy deked and missed. But So it wasn't like it was a whole collapse. And I don't think it was that case today either. We lost a battle on the wall. 
you know, pasta lost the battle there. Kevin, you know, turned strong side, so you're in some tight quarters, but you probably have to eat that puck. So we win a draw, the next one, we, we don't manage it. Again, below the goal line, we lose it. Goaltender can't find the point shot, and it's in. So it wasn't, again, it wasn't like it was a barrage and, and we were on our heels the whole time. Uh, they were opportunistic. We needed to be harder on the puck in both those situations. That's what L.A. does does well. They're a heavy team. So that, that will be the message going forward in those situations, but... Um, glad to see us rebound and you know sort of put it behind us and keep playing. Bruce Cassidy spinning it positive yesterday. Easy to do that when Bergeron nets uh, the overtime winner. But if they had lost that game, a 4-2 lead. Yes. Uh, after three goals in a 3:22 span, and then Nate Thompson and Fanton Bird beat you uh, to tie <laughs> it up in the last 10 minutes. So it would have been, fr- that been as frustrating as any game. At the Garden this year, if absolutely. Lose that game. Considering the way things have been going, I mean, this is a, a trend. They've they've blown the lead in pretty much every one of their losses since Christmas, and uh, blowing two goal leads to the Rangers. I mean, never mind blowing leads, but you blow two goal third period leads back to back games to L.A. and the Rangers, two teams who are looking at the lottery. That's right. uh, that's a very you know, disturbing thing, and it goes back to their weaknesses. They don't sustain enough pressure. After they get these leads, and you know you play in your own end, teams are going to get the bounces. Teams have enough talent to score. That's what's going to happen. I mean, he basically the only name he threw out there was Pasternak for the for the first of those two goals. Yeah. Krug didn't tie up the guy in in front, right. um, but no mention of Krug. I, I get the sense that Cassidy just Krug makes a mistake defensively. It's just <laughs> he expects it. You know, what's well, he it wasn't do? a mistake. It was it's a physical deficiency Mismatch. there. I mean, yes. he, right. Nate Thompson's stronger. He got the position. And these things happen over the course of a game, and sometimes you know you might get a great save, and you won't even think back about it when the when the goal goes in. We all lambast these guys, but I think uh, you know he knows well, what Tory Crews about. You blame Tuca on that one? No, no, no. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Oh. Is, is that if if it's, we only we only we only blame Tuca or we only blame the defenseman when the when the puck goes in the net? I mean, you know, over the course of a game, a guy could have a terrible game and not have any goals while he's on the ice. That's why the plus minus stat is such a bogus thing that everyone's, you know, kind of debunked that. You can't you don't just worry about you have to actually, you know, see what the plays are, see what the matchups are. And I think, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. Into, I'm into gar these days. Goals above replacement. How about you? What's your what's your new <laughs> replace gar, gar, what is it good for? Yeah. <laughs> but uh you know, yeah, he's not really calling out Pasternak either. He's just describing the play. I mean that's Bruce Cassidy's style. He's gonna honestly tell you what happened and, and where things went wrong. And yeah, he, he still has to be stronger on the walls. They all they all have to be. So the general theme from the last couple of weeks of blowing these leads, although they have a six-game point streak, and this week they took seven of eight possible points. Right. They're playing pretty well. Well, uh, that's they, just it. Are they playing but, that well? Right. I mean, it, it doesn't feel like they're Exactly. Surging. You know, Patrice Bergeron tried to sugarcoat it yesterday a little bit. I asked him about that. He's talked about we're playing all right, but there's room for improvement, and there's vast room for improvement because you can't keep blowing these leads. Because this is supposed to be the soft part of the schedule. Rangers, Kings, Avalanche, Blackhawks, Ducks. These, this is the part of the schedule where you're supposed to clean up and then be ready for that, of course, every year, the tough March. Three games with Tampa left. All those games with Tampa, all these yeah. other you know, the other games. So it, it gets more difficult. But uh, like you said, they're, they're getting some points here and there. I don't know if that's enough to get you out of this wild card spot. I would take a series with Montreal or Toronto over any wild card matchup that at, you give at me. At this point, if the season ended today, they would be a wild card team right. playing in the Metropolitan right. bracket. Right, and right now playing the Islanders, which <clears throat> to me is a tough matchup, and especially since you don't know what uh, Lou's going to do between now and the trade deadline. You know the Islanders are going to... When when you, I think the, th- the thing they keep repeating over and over is that Lou Lamoureux says when you think you can win, you make a big trade, and I can't imagine you can't think you can win with the goaltending he's getting and with the way uh, some of those guys are playing. And every 
uh, possibility the Capitals catch them anyway before now in the end of the season, and you'd be playing yeah. a Washington team. You'd be, granted, you shut out this week, but you'd lost 14 right. in a row, too, before that. Exactly. Hey, that's the only lead that didn't blow. Good was point. against the Capitals in Washington. So go nobody figure. saw because it was Super Bowl <laughs> Exactly. It must have been some kind, of, some kind of Super Bowl karma. To the phone lines we go. It's Sunday Skate, presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. Bills and Stoneham up next. What's up, Bill? Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. Good bye, Bill. Yeah, I never trust anyone from Stoneham. Uh, I want to play this clip from you. Um, <clears throat> we had um, the you know the the insider trading stuff. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, talking about the you know what what the prices are going to be. And before we do that, just real quick, going back to the last three years of uh, Don Sweeney. Yeah, because this is he's been a guy that's tinkered, right? I mean, he has. Um. He's he's been active at the trade deadline three years in a row. He's done something. Yeah, last year obviously the big splash, but big it's splash. mostly it's just been fine tuning or plus he, he got Wingles, he got Holden. Yeah, last year last year was Nash Wingles Holden. Absolutely, that, that's that's a uh, that's a guy who's trying to and Brian Giant was added just yeah, you know kind of thrown right. onto the mix, right? Um, but the other years have been like Drew Stafford was the only one one year. The year before that was Stempniak and uh, Lyles. Right. That's not. And and they kept Erickson, which they, they could Erickson. have traded, so they were right. in kind of the same position. Right. Uh, well, know. no, they were. Well, Don Sweeney thought they were in the same position. I was I was all in for trading Louis Erickson and still trying to go and for trying it. Trying to go for it despite that. It wasn't that much of a different difference maker. And uh, I, I guess it. it, it that, they hadn't made the playoffs two years in a row at that point, right? right. I'm trying to think. Well, so that, the pressure that was, was that sort was the, of on. Yeah. That was the second uh, year. That, that was the first year. That was the, the first Sweeney, year. The second year that they didn't make they the didn't playoffs. They didn't make it. Then, right. then they made it with Stafford, who yeah. actually did all right for them, right? I mean, yeah, he was, he, was, he was exactly what he was supposed to be, a guy that they traded, what, a fifth-round pick for? Fifth-rounder. So. He had like four goals in a, warm in a stretch run. He was a warm body with some experience. Yep. A couple goals in a playoff series. They lost to Ottawa that year. Yep. But anyway, none of those trades you would regret, would you? They traded uh, over that stretch, what, a Yeah, I mean, I guess they're, they're okay. I mean, the, those Stempniak and Lyles trades still don't make a lot of sense. They gave they just basically gave away those draft picks for these guys who weren't going to be that much of a difference. Um, so, by, the, by the next year, you, were, you they brought Lyles back, and he was the seventh or eighth defenseman. So, Does Sweeney have carte blanche to do as he wants or are the because every year jacobs always talks about yeah you know, we expect to win we expect, well yeah i mean he has carte be. blanche in the fact that they have a plan and this is this is the process and this is year you know what is it year three or four of, of the sweeney plan it takes some time to, to build that and they're going to have some you know s- s- hiccups along the way whether it was the 2015 draft or uh some of these trades we're talking about but uh they're still yeah, they're still in the future and in the present right now, and they're, they've uh, been in a weird spot for three yeah. years. I mean, it's been—they've always been kind of in right. this. And we never really know. You, you bring up the Jacobs, you know, we, are, we expect to win. What does he really mean? He doesn't expect a cup every year. He does, I don't think he expects the finals. I expect—I think he expects two years of of playoff uh, playoff receipts. You know, two rounds, two rounds, which two rounds of playoff year. receipts. That's what you. That's what I think. That's what every owner's goal is, right? And. Uh, is that and the it, only way they make money? Is that the calculator? No, I think that's. No? I think that's, that's just, well. He's rolling in money. Oh, relative, relatively speaking, <laughs> you know, that's a good year, right? I guess you know, it's 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 the three yacht year instead of the two yacht year. So they'll do something this year. So okay, let's say Panarin is not uh, right. a chip. Let's say that he they keep him. You brought up a couple names other than that. Yeah. Uh, so Philly, you would think is a seller. Uh, I don't think they're a seller as much because that's why the GM got fired in the first place. There, you know, Hextall got dismissed because he wanted to have a patient building process, and they they canned him. So I'm not sure that Philadelphia ever 
really. So you're not even sure Simmons Burns. Is well, exactly. They're supposedly still talking. I think you know that we we know for a fact actually that people have said that in these next seven days. What do we have? Thirteen to the trade deadline. I think the next half half of that we're going to find out is Philly going to sell or keep Simmons? Is Ottawa going to sell or keep on Stone and Duchesne? Ottawa is definitely a seller. They're a seller, except for the fact that they think that they can turn it around quickly, and they're supposedly you know thinking of legitimately keeping. Stone, Stone and, and Duchesne, which well, Dezingle might become available, and there's a guy you have to consider and wonder if it, it starts to make if sense. If the price there. gets high, are you resigning him? Because you're not, you can't go all in for a guy who's definitely a rental. You have to really think you're going to resign. And that's the that's the that's the part about Panarin that should scare you off. That you know, Maria was right when she called in there. I mean, there's no doubt this guy. I mean, you can't ask for more transparency than you're getting from Terry Panarin. I'm going to market. I want the most money in the place I want to live. He also right? talked about loving Chicago and wanted to go back there or something, something exactly. along those lines. So, so I, I would agree. This guy is telling you right out front, this is what I'm doing. So do you really want to spend the price that Columbus wants to get that guy? But there also is I mean, a frustration that Krejci's dealt with this for a million years in a row. Yeah. Um, and he's had a great – He there's a guy who was succeeded by expectations this season. I mean, it's not like he's – been terrible or was right. trending in a, in a bad no, way, I mean, but he's been... And I think we saw when he played with Pasternak and Marshan when Bergeron was out that this guy has plenty left in the tank if you Agreed. give him the right players. Agreed. So they sort of owe it to him to give him something again yeah, this year. Absolutely. So and that's why who they're is gonna... that? I mean, it, it, the Kings in here yesterday, you yep. brought up uh, the possibility well, the of... Col- the Kovalchuk thing is out of... Right. It makes no sense on so well, many fronts. They'll set this up because Nick Kiprios threw this out yeah, yesterday. Yeah, so Nick, Nick Kiprios last night didn't really say the Bruins are interested, just threw it out there that the Kings might want to look to move him and that the Bruins were the runners-up, which we know in the summer for him, they didn't want to go the three years. They wanted to go two years and talk about you know looking right, and sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't make. He said also that they, the Kings would have to retain 20 to 25%. So that makes sense. 25% would make him about a four and three-quarter million cap hit for two more years after this. That still doesn't make any sense. Well, last year they found a way to get out from under Bolesky's contract or half of it. Right. So would part of that be... Bacchus goes somewhere. Would anybody take well, the Bacchus? Well, that's just it. And I've, I'm on record. I, I think, you know, the Bacchus thing is obviously in the have to explore, but I don't think you find that in the, during the season. People don't, even if you're retaining a couple million, the teams that you would be looking to pawn him off on, uh, if you retain 20 to 25% and, and he was only a 4 million cap hit, the teams still don't have that type of cap space at this point to uh, do that during the season. You know what I mean? Even the sellers don't, uh, don't really have that type of space to, 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 Tie themselves up that way, considering that if you're keeping him for keeping him for two more years, you're you're paying a fourth. They still have a four million dollar cap it for a fourth liner. Kovalchuk's thirty five and has a no trade clause on right. top of that. Well, they said that he would probably waive that because he wants to go somewhere to win. I mean, he didn't come back to the to North America to to toil in mediocrity in L.A. But you know what the the you know what the biggest thing is? We could talk about cap hits and age and no, no trade clauses. He's not very good. <laughs> well, he's not, very he's good, not good right team. now. I, he does I, have I, what seventeen goals or something. Oh, uh, no, I'm, so, I'm so, I don't want to like. I don't want to like buy into this notion that just. Well, they were interested in him six months ago. So what would have changed? Just seeing. Well, he him came here actual, and, he, and he and he hasn't been good. He's I mean, with that's the last the point. place team, though. Yeah, but so that's what, all the more reason he should be scoring. They're not really trying that hard. He should be out there scoring goals, two goals a night. Well, Pierre LeBron writes this about him too. Ilya, Ilya Kovachuk. By July this off season, he is owed a $5 million bonus. After that, in real money, he owed, is owed only $5 million more. So most of it was front-loaded. 
So yeah. you're basically getting getting him for two point five million a year in real money. Right. So does that matter to Jacobs? No. Even though it's a cap hit, it doesn't. Oh, it does. Of course it does. But why would you still want that guy? I mean, you still. Why would you even spend the money on that guy at this point? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's the two. It's not. It's not the money. It's the years. You, they didn't want to go the three years on him. And so for two more years, why would you have that on your but cap? But you're out from under the cash part of it. But you don't. But you don't know. But you're what, getting rid of. Backers. You don't know that. You don't know that you are. This Bacchus thing is not easy. <laughs> well, I can okay. dream like uh, Cassidy dreams about Panarin. <laughs> exactly. So you have six million wrapped up in a fourth liner, and then you have if you're going to add four million of Kovalchuk to that in cap hits, not the cash. I don't care about the cash. I'm not looking at Jacobs's bottom line. So that's ten million dollars in. in aged players that you don't know what you're getting out of. So that's not that's not cap flexibility. That would be, uh, this time next year, people calling here to tell me how dumb Sweeney is. That would not make sense. But you wanted Kovalchuk in the offseason for... For two, for, for two years, two it years? made sense. A two-year so flyer made sense. So for one year at $2.5 million in real because money... Because you have to look at the you're future. No. Absolutely. All right, coming up, the uh, Wise Snacks Player of the Week, and we'll put a ribbon on... Uh, he has 11 goals, by the way. 11 goals They're in great 45 goals. games. They're all highlighted reels. Uh, Sunday skate <laughs> with uh, Laird and Cowan. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. What moves are, are you uh, predicting? <laughs> well, I'm not going to be a predictive phase here tonight, but it, uh, you know, we'd like to add. Um, obviously, we're, we're, we're on junction of our season. It's crucial. We're coming off the break. I haven't played as well as I'd like. We're healthy for the first time all season long, so I'd like to take a time to see how we're going to gel. But again, the deadline's upcoming, and you've seen teams that have already started. I think everybody would like to do it as early as possible to try and get your team together for as long a period of time as possible. Uh, but you just don't know. Don Sweeney uh, a week ago, February 2nd, so he's basically saying he wants to add. Of course. Declares it, and in the next two weeks, he's got, what, four, five, six games to further evaluate if you'd like to. Yeah, and you know what, too? I think this is a good time of the year to do it because they have a uh, Western road trip coming up. Yeah, what, eight straight Western Conference opponents? So this, is, this, uh, this is the time to do it. I know this is the time of year Peter Shirelli would have made a trade because he'd want to get those new guys in for the road trip and get everybody integrated. That was the big... Selling point on Muzzin going to Toronto when he did. Look, look how uh, they've benefited from that. Get it early. Uh, time for our uh, Wise Snacks Player of the Week. Brought to you by Wise Snacks and the Wise Snacks Extra Cheesy Cheese Doodles and Bravo Stadium Notches available now. The four games this week, a one nothing shot out of the Capitals last Sunday. 3-1 win over the Islanders, the uh, blown lead, and 4-3 loss in the seven-round shootout Wednesday at MSG. And then yesterday, the 5-4 overtime win. Any real debate here who the Player of the Week is for the Bruins? I would say it's a pretty easy uh, <laughs> choice based on yesterday did and the play, finish. Did they play Hallelujah when you when you mention him or what? Who would be second place? I guess uh, Patrice Bergeron would, would I think is the yeah or God <laughs> there exactly. It is. Oh yeah, do you have that full c- uh, clip? This is Marchand yesterday talking about Marchand. So yeah. you're yeah or God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the two. But uh, no, he's he's the ultimate pro. Um, the way he conducts himself and prepares himself each and every day, and shows up consistently, and in the big moments, continues to prove himself. So yeah, pro is a, a great word, but uh, I think God's a little more fitting. Four goals and two assists in four games this week, and the one thousandth game. It's pretty funny that we've been talking about Patrice Bergeron as God in the media room for years, and the players have caught on to that as well. Um, I think so, God's a little more fitting. So you owe it to that guy. You owe it to him or, to trade Vakaninen. He's probably 
pound oh on Sweeney's God. office and say, get this guy out of here. Give I me Artemi Panarin. You're dreaming about him. Get him here. Think about it. If he's playing at this level now, you're talking about how long he's going to play at this level. But, I mean, if he just in the next two years, if he just drops off to the level he was when he was just a checking center, I mean, still pretty good. So. Do you think, by, by the way, Eurovacaninen, who is their top prospect by all accounts, he was here for yeah, him. Him and Stud Nickashar. Okay, played a couple games this year. Do you expect he could play in the postseason if they don't move him? Is there a chance he's a part like Donato last year? I, I think or it has to be a, an injury because at this point, we, defensemen are so different. You know, even people clamoring for trade Charlie McAvoy at this point. He's played 92 games in the NHL. He's 21 years old. Right. People are just way too impatient, I think. If it is an emergency, you could definitely trust Vakanainen to come in. And he's been playing with men for a couple of years, and he can log minutes. And he he doesn't seem in the like a kid, kid what, what league did he, play in? he played in the top finish. Finish league. elite That's league, pretty good for a teenager. And, and he's nineteen. Uh, yep. So, but you know, you're not going to push him into the Stanley Cup playoffs over a Grizzly or a Moore at this point, unless uh, they really fell off. Although Moore has been a healthy scratch for quite a, few a games. bit recently. Yeah, he has been, and uh, so at this point, I would think he's the next man up, but um. But, you know, that remains to be seen. The other other uh, big week, I guess, is from Heinen. I mean, uh, you had the goal yesterday. Yep. Um, goal had the Wednesday. deflection goal Wednesday. Yep. And uh, after he got healthy scratched a bit, he's responded. And obviously yeah, and you know what lines. people are saying, oh, week. well, anyone can play with Persia on a Marsham, but we've seen it not work. That's why yep. Pasternak's been there. We've tried. They've tried other guys. They've tried Heinen before. So the fact that maybe he's getting it now is, uh, is a good sign. You know, um, he seems more assertive. He... Took that one shot in the slot yesterday that he normally probably would have passed up, shot it into the stands. But it's it's progress, and uh, you know I'm not saying that you go with this guy for the stretch run. Like I said, you need to you need still need to upgrade, but at least uh, they have uh, legitimate placeholders until they make some of these trades. Yeah. Solarik and Heinen are at least um, not hurting them, and, and in some ways helping them. All right, Matt, good work. Uh, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Uh, same time, we'll be uh, ramping up here as we get to the trade deadline on the 25th and a couple of months here until the playoffs begin. They'll be on the West Coast next week, so it'll be a late-night viewing. Uh, I think Kings is like a 10.30 uh, Eastern puck drop next Saturday night, so it'll be basically the de, de facto post-game just, show. We'll just Sunday watch morning. it here together and then, you know. All right, buddy. Going on later. Bradford and Reamer up next for, uh, I think, four big hours today. Four hours? Beautiful. You Beautiful. got it. Uh, those guys will keep you entertained here on your Sunday morning. Enjoy it. Good weekend, everybody.